Clone High premiered on November 2nd, 2002 on MTV. Let's put 22 minutes on the clock. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. This is Pilot Study episode 62. My name is Chris Lantinen. I'm Grimes. And we are your hosts. We talk pilot episodes of television programs here, from the title sequence to the context in which they were created to the minds behind them. And today, we are joined by a very special guest to discuss Clone High on its 15th anniversary he is an L.A.-based writer and comedian. Well, I guess not L.A.-based in, like, what, a week or something? I'm L.A.-based. I'm forever L.A.-based. You're for- <laughs> forever L.A.-based. Always going to be that way on the Twitter account. Like, it's a vampire situation. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> With a recent writing at Polygon on uh, the video game voice actor situation and on Paste in an article that I'm going to let him describe as it's very personal. Welcome to Brock Wilbur. Welcome, Brock. <laughs> Oh, I thought I thought we were welcoming everyone to Brock Wilbur. I mean, we could. <laughs> it's, it's a state of mind. Depending on how personal you want this podcast to get, we could. Um, Not very. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell us about the paste article. Um, like I said, it's a uh, it's a very personal thing, but it's video game based as well, right? Yeah, uh, I picked up. A, I'd, I'd spent about a year and a half uh, going through a lot of uh, what's going wrong with my brain, uh, mm-hmm. trying to figure that out. Uh, I'd, I'd done therapy and stuff, and then I'd started. Uh, See a bunch of doctors that uh, all thought it was different things, so I was just on way too many medications at the same time, uh, which is, they, they, you're, you're told to take uh, good uh, mental health care of yourself, and sometimes in doing so, you uh, mess yourself up way worse, because uh, uh, no one talks amongst themselves. Uh, and then uh, around the time the video game Prey came out, which is about uh, space aliens that can pretend to be different things in a world that it's definitely you're being matrixed somehow, there's a lot of twists and turns and you're not a reliable narrator and your mind's been released re, uh, re, re, re-erased hundreds of times so you find messages from yourself in other timelines uh around the time i started playing that game i was diagnosed with a very specific form of bipolar and uh i just got really into the game and the game helped me sort of deal with uh with sort of figuring out what uh life with bipolar was going to be and sort of learning like oh you're the unreliable narrator of your own story and uh <laughs> And going back, and I don't know if you've ever read uh, the book Night of the Gun. Uh, no, I have not. Uh, it's about a journalist who basically uh, he uh, went back and investigated his own life uh, as a journalist, and uh, mm. he has a, he has a big turning point that he remembers as a knife that a, a night that a friend pulled a gun on him at a party, Ooh. and he went back to interview that friend, and the friend was like, "No, you pulled the gun on me." Uh, and that's when this guy's like, "Oh, it turns out that the human brain, even for just regular people." your memories are just screwed up as all hell. Uh, and, and it does that so we can make it through life without just constantly feeling bad about ourselves. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so to, I, I sort of went down a rabbit hole of, of doing that myself and, uh, and sort of figuring out like, Oh, there's, there's things I've done that are, are very wrong. And, uh, and I, in my head, I'd always thought that's not how that played out. And I just started listening to people, uh, and being like, okay, there's, there's things I've, I, I definitely did do wrong, and I've just never thought that they happened. Uh, and uh, you, you, you comb back over your life. I, I wound up talking to people as far back as like middle school, and I was like, I, somebody told me about a story where I, I threw them into a pool, 
at a at a cast party for a, a middle school musical and that they've always huh. like carried a, a, a weird trauma about that. And I was like, I know that two years ago I would have been like, screw this person and their weird memory of a thing that didn't happen. And now it's like, okay, there's there's just a lot of stuff out there and there's a lot of, mm. of things that you've got to deal with and you've got to deal with in yourself before you can deal with for other people. And uh, I don't know, it's a... Uh, humanity is flawed and our brains are broken and uh, especially in this in this time of uh, everybody you know taking stock of their mistakes it's it's important to figure out that uh, sometimes even the taking the stock is a multi-year process so <laughs> well yeah, it's a it's a really uh, great piece everybody should go find it it's a nice snapshot into like you said what you were going through and kind of the uh, the changes you've been going through recently and how this video game kind of played into that it's a really interesting um correspondence between those two so today um we are talking to kind of bring us back up here we're talking uh <laughs> clone high an mtv series that ran for just one season and was canceled in a very spectacular fashion and one that premiered approximately 15 years ago was created by phil lord and chris miller of the lego movie the jump street franchise and more along with bill lawrence who would later go on he was like he was doing scrubs and this at the same time and then of course he would do cougar town and john you had reminded me that he's also um drew, the drew carey was he the creator of the drew carey show along um, with him or was he just a showrunner do you remember i think he was a showrunner or he worked his way up because that's why like krista miller he mm. she's in everything yeah. that he does his yeah. wife obviously and um <laughs> yeah so i think that's where i first heard of him was drew carey then i rocked right on over to scrubs the life-changing amazing program <laughs> for me Speaking of mental health and shit that helps you, I've watched Scrubs about 16 times through, including right now. Um, I'm actually so, watching it while we're recording. It's not. Yes, I have it on another screen. I'm not even paying attention to you guys. But, uh, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm a big Bill Lawrence guy. Voiceover over the top of, of your rest of your life. Right. That's uh, when I learned that this podcast was not that important. <laughs> Just kidding. Rhymes. I know. Getting crazy here at the beginning. Uh, some, some more spec stuff episode title is escape to beer mountain a rope of sand uh some other specs we've got will forte voicing abe lincoln uh phil lord and chris miller both providing voices the great krista miller from drew carey and scrubs providing the voice of cleo michael mcdonald providing the voice of gandhi uh andy dick coming in to do van gogh a police officer and mr sheetman he was busy uh bill lawrence as a shadowy military figure neil flynn who of course would be the janitor in scrubs yes. and he's on is it is the show called the middle Right? Yeah. Okay. I yeah. don't. I don't just want to call him the janitor from Scrubs. Scrubs uh, janitor. And of course, Donald Faison came over as well. Uh, other notable guest stars: Michael J. Fox as Gandhi's remaining kidney, which is pretty great. <laughs> And yeah, he must be friends with Bill credit. Lawrence. Yeah, he must be friends with Bill Lawrence because eventually he would appear on Scrubs. So I want to start out with a question for Brock. I, I believe they worked on Spin City together. Yes, uh, yes, that might have okay. been. Yeah, that was in between Drew Carey and Scrubs. Okay, that makes sense. So I wanted to ask you, Brock, um, since you are in the in the com in the uh, comedy world, it seems to have strong cachet with the comedy community in general. This show. And I just wanted to know why you think that is. Is it the creators? Is it the bits within the show? Is it the abbreviated kind of one season nature? Or is it just some combo that kind of gives this show a lot of lasting power and, you know, gives it the power to still be talked about today pretty regularly on social media and beyond? Uh, there's 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 a couple of things about it. The first is being that they, I, it, 
Lord Miller working on this, uh, it's, it's this, it's this sort of like indie bands first album thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you know what they, what they are later. So like I was the only adult male friend I had that was like murderously excited for the cloudy with a chance of meatballs movie. <laughs> Cause I knew what it was going to be. And when people were like, well, how did this Lego movie wind up being this thing? It's like, no, I, I knew. Cause I, I, I listened to the first album. I knew these guys back when, uh, and, uh, and even when I wound up uh, meeting Bill Lawrence, uh, on the set of scrubs, when I moved to LA, I just kept thanking him for clone high. And he's like, that's fine. Like, but you know, I'm making <laughs> right now. I was like, that's fine too. Uh, <laughs> like neither of us were impressed with what the other was impressed by. Uh, <laughs> There's there's so much about it like it is uh, it has this pacing of like an Aaron Sorkin type show or a, or like a Gilmore Girls like it's just joke after joke after joke and they're so well done but it's also it, it's still edgy now 15 years later and obviously that's part of its cancellation and such but it's it it it, it burns so brightly and then it just disappeared and it's it's the show I remember like this was the first show that me and my friends figured out how to download stuff off the internet so we could get because it was already canceled by the time we'd even found it and of course certain episodes never even made it to america so to like to find one file that took three weeks to download <laughs> off, yeah. like napster was like look this was an in, this is an investment an investment of more time than it takes to watch the entire season run multiple times <laughs> uh and and it is it, it is also this perfect beautiful snapshot in a way that like you you could try to make a show like it now and you couldn't do it right like the to use uh dashboard confessional as every music cue <laughs> and just yep. all these like flawless 2001 references uh that that there was no way away from and so many of the people from the time are guest starring like Ashley Angel why is from O Town like there's there were, six months later that person doesn't exist anymore but they did have a reality show. show though yes that <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a, a, I, th I think the comedians look to this, like it's, it's one of those things like Andy Richter controls the universe or one of these other shows that, that just got there too early. Like now it would be great. And you watch like the same, uh, like animation team went on to make total drama Island and things like that, like in 2007. And those shows were gigantic hits with spinoffs. And you're like, Oh wow. Like everything was here and in place. And like, just no one got how funny or important it was. It was just too far ahead of time and like this this pilot has even the the plot line about like accidentally getting non-alcoholic beer for a party winds up being like the first act uh be winds up being the story of like four or five like different like judd apatow films and a couple of other tv pilots like mm -hmm. everyone that's come after this has really borrowed from from clone high and sometimes just in the way of like it's a genre thing but they just got here they were the, they were doing 80s high school movie stuff again before we were coming back around to it in the mid 2000s. Like they just hit a sweet spot, but also got there too soon. <laughs> I always saw you as this honest guy, but now I'm seeing you as a cool guy who just happens to be honest. Doesn't that blow your mind? That's me, cool, honest Abe. Oh, Abe, it's like there's a tin can phone from your brain to my heart. I guess I should mention what the show is about because people, if somebody has not watched it, they're probably very confused right now. But Clone High is an animated show 
that ran on MTV, of course, and it is a collection of famous individuals who were cloned, and this is the young versions of them. So Abe Lincoln, um, Cleopatra, JFK, uh, Gandhi, and a few others are just high school students trying to make their way through high school, going through Dawson's Creek type situations. I believe they watched huh. Dawson's Creek. Uh, right before they made this show, like that was on their every mind. every episode is a special episode. Yeah, every, uh, I love that. Every and I think episode. We, I think we can agree that the uh, the abandoned pools theme song at the start is the greatest theme song, especially for recapping a very yes. elaborate plot that anyone's <laughs> ever seen. Yes, I I've, noted that myself. I've got a lot on the abandoned pools theme song, uh, but I wanted to get to Grimes first. <laughs> this is the first time you had ever watched this show, uh, Grimes, along yeah. with me. What's the one thing you took away from your first viewing that either surprised you, um, overwhelmed you, underwhelmed you? What was like the one thing you took away that you thought, oh, that was that's interesting? Well, what surprised me is that I missed this at all. And then I look back at the time frame and this is when I was enlisting in the stupid army. So I had no time to like watch cartoons like I would many years later when I would get out and be a regular person. But Something also, that really your pilot, stupid army. I want to get <laughs> yeah. the hell out of that show. Stupid army. I just say that a lot to myself. But like <laughs> that's um, your catchphrase. Mother, these are my awards from army. <laughs> but, stupid um, army. <laughs> anyway, I uh, I really took away the entire playing of the dashboard so impossible EP that Brock mentioned. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> because right before like I was at this major turning point in my life and um Chris Caraba made me feel good about my feelings and my tattoos and my sensitive side, right? Just when I needed it, when I was about to go into the brutal military industrial complex. <laughs> so I, I carried dashboard in my heart for all those years. And that, of course, led me down the emo path that you know me now, uh, Chris. But I like that. And I just really like how awesome the writing was. I mean, people really speak like this. It captured high school in an amazing way that I was not expecting like that really like uh, Brock was saying about how it is this almost perfect time capsule of 2001. And, um, you know, I just really I didn't think I was going to like it this much, I guess. Yeah. In regard to the music, it would play as parody if those songs just weren't really good. Like it's it works because like dashboards really good and that's why they were popular and so like even though they play like i mean they i, I don't i don't know they, they play the whole ep yeah they play like a, <laughs> yeah. a whole ep and they play the get up kids and the, i think there was like some other uh, there's like a whole soundtrack on, on imdb it's a lot of great music at. in the show but yeah it's all it's all great and it all it all ages pretty well so you know let's get into that theme song the abandoned pools theme song and you know, I went and I listened to the full theme, and I think if this wasn't a theme to a TV show, it would be a song about existentialism that could fit into many uh, artists' catalog. You know, the whole, like, the lines, there's a place uh, that you can go to, and it's never very far, famous people you can live through if you don't know who you are, being this commentary on, I mean, you could use it as a commentary on reality TV a couple of years later, but TV in general, you know, replacing your true self with entertainment that's that's something that songwriters in that genre have hit on and in the many ways of emo have hit on over and over and over again you know and like the chorus being like you all must watch clone high kind of being like a little brainwashy (laughs) um, in its aims at least and it's just it's great like because they're telling you all the bad reasons with in which you watch tv while promoting a tv show while kind of brainwashing you to continue to watch it's a great like full song and like Brock said, it also covers a lot of what's actually going on. So I don't know, Brock, what are some other thoughts you had on the theme the theme song in particular and uh, anything visual in the title sequence that you want to bring up? 
uh, I mean, it's it's just a it's a flawless piece of music, and, and it's also like it was such a great introduction to Abandoned Pools, which is a side project from one of the guys from the Eels. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have uh, two or three okay. albums, and they all sound just like this, and uh, they they good. Uh, yeah, the, it it manages to introduce all the characters over this in this sort of in a very Dawson's Creek fade but none of it's got actors names it's all it's 30 seconds that introduces you to the idea that there's a high school full of cloned historical figures (laughs) and they all have like a move that lets you know right away like gandhi's the guy that's gonna put a high five in the air and won't let you not high five him like that's (laughs) that's what, what we're dealing with it's it's such an incredibly like densely packed narrative thing to kick off and uh it i yeah everyone have a listen Way, way back in the 1980s Secret government employees Dug up famous guys and ladies And made our music genetic copies Now the clones are sexy teens Now they're gonna make it if they try Loving, learning, sharing, judging Time to laugh and shiver and I think we need to perhaps discuss a little bit more of the history and a little bit of the interviews um, that were surrounding it. They've, of course, done a bunch of interviews about uh, the lead up to the show. Not many during that time period, but again, it's had such a lasting power that people still ask them multiple questions about it in like 2014 when Grantland interviewed both of them, uh, Lord and Miller, that is. And uh the way they came to the selection of the actual famous people was uh, Lord said, when we started making lists, we'd cross-reference people that everybody has heard of and the people that are in the public domain. So they had to avoid people like Einstein and Marilyn Monroe unless it was like one-off jokes uh, because nobody can profit off their likeness except like the families. So like uh, Miller said, the Venn diagram is actually pretty small considering whom people have heard of. You're not going to do a show about early U.S. labor leader Samuel Gompers. <laughs> and uh, on top of that, Lord said that we just quickly ran out of people that MTV viewers were uh, MTV viewers were aware of. And honestly, I feel like uh, if you put a thousand monkeys in a room with typewriters, those are the characters they'd probably arrive at. So the one they were, I believe, the one they were most worried about was JFK, and that was simply because um, his, you know, more of his family was alive, and that was like I think the one that they're actually worried about. They weren't worried about Abe Lincoln or Cleopatra or whatever, but the one that, of course, ended up. I don't know if it sank them, but it certainly didn't help. Was Gandhi? So I don't know. Rock, <laughs> and, if, and this if gets you, into it. If, if you want to dive into, into a, that, it's a weird part of the like the 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 narrative of it is that the show got canceled because nine eleven happened, mm. and and we were making fun of Gandhi on TV. And years later, I was like, wait, no, that's Muhammad. Like already, there's there's a weird like racism disconnect in in what's happening there. Uh, and and I, the show itself didn't make it to USA until like 2002, like late at night on MTV. So it, it's it's not a, an immediate 9-11 reaction thing, but it, it can be part of like a as we get into 2002, 2003 and stop just thinking like with our, our dicks and our guns uh, like, oh, wait, maybe we should like be nice to other people around the world. Yeah. Like this gets into a tricky part. Uh, the Gandhi thing is interesting because, like, there's this portrayal of him as, like, this party guy and, like, like you said, the high five, leaving the high fives up until he gets one and just being, like, that annoying guy in school. And 
they actually based it off like some things that actually happened. Like they did research on him, and they and um, I think it was Lord said it turned out that when he was young and in law school, he was kind of a party guy. So they actually took that from real life. And uh, he also said we both knew people in high school and college that were of Indian descent that had a lot of expectations put on them by their family, and they sort of buckled and went the other way. So that's kind of what they were doing. Is like kind of the subtext of this entire show, which isn't super visible in the pilot, but I guess plays a, a greater role later on, and Brock, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but the expectations of being as great as the originals, you know, of Abe Lincoln being as great as the actual Abe Lincoln, and Gandhi having to basically become, like, this mythic figure, you know? And, yeah, everyone uh, has the expectations, but that like, episode two of this is actually uh, JFK and Lincoln running for school president against each other, <laughs> and <laughs> and, they, and and you, like they're they're sitting at the the diner that they go to, which is called the Grassy Knoll. Yep. I understand why they were worried about JFK. <laughs> uh, and, and Lincoln Lincoln is talking about like he's like I just wonder why it is that I feel like I shouldn't get into politics. And there's literally a picture of him being assassinated with like his brains being blown out right behind him in the grassy knoll while he's saying this to his friends, and they're trying to ignore what's happening there. I mean, and and there is a one of the most interesting uh, parts of this that that comes out like. Uh, uh, Marie Curie is a character that they introduce later who is the ugly girl in school because she was irradiated so she's this monster uh, and 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 you you've got the high school sort of like learning to come around her but the the really interesting thing is that all these kids are are clones so they're placed with these adoptive parents and JFK has two gay dads yeah uh, yes. <laughs> uh, it, it winds up being a lot of pressure on him and he feels like one of his biggest pressures is to be gay. And they're like, why, why do you feel like you're better than being gay? Like you're old men, like <laughs> so the JFK have to deal with his op- oppressive heterosexuality and have to try and open up and think about things like that. It's, it's fascinating. It's, it's just a beautiful, brilliant series. <laughs> it's just like that. That's what separates the premise from simply a clever premise to something that could actually carry a show, you know, that pressure and that like emotional thread that you can pull on and pull on and pull on. And to kind of finish the Gandhi story. um, So what happened was somebody in India watched, um, watched clone high and wrote something about it and wrote about the portrayal of Gandhi as like this party guy. And in the first episode, he's butt naked at one point. So it's like they're, they're you know, they're not holding back on any of these characters, no matter their status. And uh, um, I think it was Miller. Yeah, it was Miller that was on vacation in Costa Rica. And he got he got to a hotel after having like no service or anything. And there was like a hun- hundreds of articles about the show. And he said, oh, no, this can't be good. And it, it reads, there's a, <coughs> there's a hunger strike in India. The, pro- the protesters had never seen the show because it hadn't aired there, but they read on the Internet about it. They were very upset that he wore an earring, that was another thing, and ate junk food and went to parties. So 150 politicians and Gandhi's grandson sat in a hunger strike at the MTV India offices right when the head of Viacom, Tom Freston, was visiting and he was trapped in the building. Oh my god! So they were going to revoke MTV's <laughs> broadcasting license, and so like when they were pitching season two, they had to pitch it without Gandhi. That was like one of the requirements, and it just didn't work. You know, it's it's Which insane. Would have been a terrible season because his his bromance with Abraham Lincoln is one of the strongest parts of the show. Yeah, it's taking you know the 
the supporting character out of the show after the second. I mean, I can't imagine a show ditching the supporting character unless it's like a, right. what they wanted to do to Jesse Pinkman, you know, type of situation <laughs> in the first season of Breaking Bad. But if they kill him off, there's not really a show, you know, so I just couldn't imagine <laughs> what that would have looked like. I, I think they were going to explain it away like one of the ways they were going to explain it away was like um, an offhand joke about how he was actually the clone of like Gary Coleman. And then they were just gonna they were just gonna leave it at that and move on. So they had like some weird ideas, but uh, let's move into some random notes. John, what do you got for random notes on uh, on Clone High? Well, I started off with some random notes about husband and wife teams, and it's it's good that Brock brought up Apatow because I think much like this show, uh, Apatow is known for a one season wonder, a Freaks and Geeks, obviously amazing show about high school, which got canceled before its time. So I think it's. Just interesting that these people, you know, have their group of whoever they always work with, Apatow, Bill Lawrence, whatever, just to get back to that. And then I also think that another random note, just to get back to the high school thing, is that you forget how much of high school was about pining over unattainable girls. (laughs) And just like that constant feeling, because I, you know, it's been a while since I've been out of high school, a very long time. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I just, I was 100% accuracy. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure Brock was as well. This must just be me then. But um, I had glasses I just, and braces, but 100% accuracy. I just, uh, I mean, they just really so much captured it. And, you know, there's a lot of good one-liners. I don't know if you're let it, ready for line-a-rama oh, Go ahead, hit us with some lines. Um, you can't even tell, Mr. Sheepman. That was the one I should like, you know, the half-sheep <laughs> teacher. They dissed Jay Leno, which I like. The Joan of Arc was like, or whoever said you would like Leno. I believe, um, I believe the follow-up to that line is, how dare you insult that big-chinned everyman? <laughs> exactly. So and then I love that... The line is that bitchin' everyman and his multiple African-American band leaders. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> African-American band leaders. Um, and I love that they... Uh, where are my bitches or where are my britches? No one knows what they're saying when they walk into that party. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they brought up the presidential fitness test. <laughs> Are we going to judge your self-esteem on like how many pull-ups you can do? And now that test would be, you know, eat a bucket of KFC and assault a woman, maybe. Oh, um, <laughs> and then I think also one cool thing is that like uh, in high school, it's true that nice guys finish last. We all know that like jocks, dicks, whatever, get like every chick. But now if you go on Facebook, you can see that all those chicks married like fat bankers and it feels really good. Wow. That seemed personal. Very personal. high school affected me, dude. And, and this, like this one dashboard brought in particular, it out. You just got revenge on. <laughs> I did. I uh, hope she's know, listening. One. I don't know if they were releasing albums at this time. You know, I, I'm gonna look at their discography because otherwise, I'm gonna make this comment and come as a music guy. I'm gonna feel terrible about it. Okay. So you know, they missed a big opportunity with the character of Joan of Arc never being backgrounded by a Joan of Arc song. And I just want to, I think that's the major mistake here. Otherwise, I loved it. I needed that synergy. You know, I needed I that. I felt like this was a synergy. perfect, perfect show, like a perfect pilot. I have no Whoa. complaints whatsoever. Is this, is this a Hall of Famer? Is that what we're doing it's, here? It's up there. I mean, I love, there. you know, I love me some animations. We won't, so that's we, our, we won't induct it yet. We'll think about it. So far, Brock, our Hall of Famers are lost in Friday Night Lights. So it's a high bar. That's a high bar. And I think this one catches it. And, and honestly, it, it is perhaps improved by its its one season wonder status because it has just the right number of episodes, and then the last episode has the most brutal 
uh, cliffhanger I've ever seen, which I think might lend something to to why people keep talking about it all the time. Because you're just like, I well, I kind of want I need to know what ha- I do need to know what happens. Like I've DM'd both of the guys behind the show to not only thank them but to be like, so what was the plan? Because I just need to know. Everyone needs to know. <laughs> yeah, I need mean, to know. Um, as a, as like a lifelong fan of the show, w- so my question to you is: Would you want a show like this to come back? Like, what's the, I guess we should d- determine what is the risk of a return like this? What is the risk of disrupting its existence as like a one season wonder? I mean, you, we can apply this to shows like you know Freaks and Geeks, Undeclared, Firefly, etc. Like, I guess what is the risk and like what's the reward of being like a one hit wonder? Brock, go ahead. I mean, it's not uh, it's not like this is a flawless show. Like there's a couple of episodes later in the season where you can tell they've run out of steam a little bit. There's one where it's a musical featuring Jack Black as a pusher man who is forcing uh, drug laced raisins on the kids. Of course. And you're like, <laughs> sense. and this is this is early enough in Jack's Jack Black's career that it's like, oh, cool. Like no one knows who he is or who Tenacious D is yet. So that was a, a, a point of pride. But like rewatching it now, you're like. This is just a a fine a fine episode. Like there's there's stuff in there. It's not like there's this perfect thirteen episode thing that like would be ruined if they did some more. Uh, and yeah. in fact, like the fact that people like Will Forte, like this was my introduction to Will Forte, who voices Abraham Lincoln. Like everyone involved is such a bigger star now yeah. that uh, the the ability to come back and to do this would <clears throat> would now be an all star sort of project. <laughs> yeah, it would be an all star project, but it does help a little bit that it's animated. It wouldn't be like yes. an Arrested Development type situation. Yeah. You know, you almost like when you see season four of Arrested Development, you're almost like, maybe they should have made it animated for season four. Like maybe that would have worked. It's a little Or maybe uh, just not done it. <laughs> possibly. Um you, you've I think, heard yeah. about the re edit that they're doing, right? Uh yeah, where it's in order, right? Yeah, and it's just like, just do more. Just go make make more that apologizes for it. I know. Like, don't. don't waste time with that. It's like, you can tell when people aren't there and everything. I also wanted to ask about the Teletoon thing. So do you know the background on why it ran in Canada first and like what all that was about? No idea. <laughs> so it ran on Teletoon in full, which is like a Canadian uh, network. And then it and comes over cool. here and it only gets like, what, eight episodes out of 13, I think? Yes. Yeah, yeah, eight episodes out of 13. And, and now it's available. The whole thing's available on MTV now if you have a subscription. Um, so some more random notes. Let's do it. Do you have any random things that you want to talk about, Brock, or anything, any lines that you want to mention? This is where we just let anything go. I mean, I, I, I think about maybe once a day the joke that there are two clones of Elvis and that one <laughs> is of fat drug addicted Elvis <laughs> and the other is yeah. young attractive Elvis and I, I yes. just I, I wish they could have had their own episode because I want to know how that works uh there's an episode later that they do uh, a film festival and of course uh Cleo's uh, episode is all about making a Cleopatra movie about how great she is that spirals out of control <laughs> and Joan of Arc is of course making uh a goddamn art house picture that nobody understands and jfk and uh, uh no uh, lincoln makes a movie about a giraffe that wants to play football and there's no rule in the rule book that says a giraffe can't play football it's it, for anyone that did film school or cares about movies at all it's it's one of the most brutal but but actually the episode after this one the episode two i think is is even better than the pilot because marilyn manson sings a song about the food pyramid 
and I just there's there's no uh, <laughs> there's no way to describe this show to somebody outside of seeing it, and that that's what makes it so cool. Like there's it's just something that you have to take the time to do, and it's it's so rewarding, and it never gets worse. It always just gets better. <laughs> yeah, you know the after credit things like the the pre the. Uh... The teases for the next week, I thought they were so ridiculous that it was like an Arrested Development type situation with right. their teasing things that weren't going to happen. But Marilyn Manson is in the second episode. Yep. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I just listened to his WTF. Oh, that was awful. He was so hammered. Not as weird <laughs> and not even as weird as I thought it would get. I thought it was going to get pretty strange, but he was boring. Like he was, I, he okay. was boring, and I had to stop listening about 40 minutes in when he started slurring and just repeating himself and being weird oh. about his dad and Vietnam and shit. That was a bad WTF. I, did anyway, not, I didn't yeah. notice the drinking. Any more random notes, bro? No. Uh, okay. uh, well, this is, this is the most I've ever liked Andy Dick, a, a person that I've, that I've true. fought before. So this is... That you, oh, shit. That you fought, like, fist fight? We're going to need that story right now, <laughs> yeah. please, sir. <laughs> that, that, that one we'll take elsewhere. We'll take that one off. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, funny story about Andy Dick. Uh, he came to my very small college town to show his football movie, which I can't remember what it was, but it was, like, Division Three or something. So it's, like, Division yep. Three football. And he got thrown out of our town bar and grimes you've been there it's called the hotel bar and he got thrown out of it and uh spent a, i believe he spent a night in our small college drunk tank but yes he came for one night and got in trouble and his picture's still on the wall from a, a tmz thing i believe <clears throat> caught him when he was coming out uh so who else got in trouble at that bar um i know ben roethlisberger i don't think he got in the trouble though. <laughs> i don't think that it was that trouble uh so some of the notes that i put down i wanted to mention that will forte actually returns to voice lincoln in lego movie so i thought that was kind of fun that he actually returned to that role in some kind of small way uh him fall i i always laugh when somebody falls through glass and it takes a second and then they start bleeding uh, like yes. the the Ryan Gosling scene in Nice Guys, where he punches the glass, and then they, he has to go to the hospital. <laughs> it's probably yeah. one of the funniest scenes uh, that I've seen in recent years. But that made me laugh. Um, I love how powerful the high school principal feels. You know, like the scientist slash principal. Um, the only other show that's put that much power in principals is Vice Principals, which is a great show <laughs> that everybody should watch. Uh, yeah, JFK being the huge jock obviously makes a lot of sense, but it has the funny twist. Um, uh, Gandhi has a great scene where he's doing the, doing the hotline and he's like ready to jump out the window. And then he like seamlessly morphs into a contemplative sitting on the window pose. I just love that moment and that switch and everything. Uh, I think... I think that's about it. I like the cop's mustache. It looks like a boomerang. I wrote that down. <laughs> you you wrote that down. <laughs> I did. I wrote that down. I love, like, whenever we do animated shows, I love trying to pick out, like, specific shape inspirations that have been uh, right. on faces and things. Um, eyes are a big interest of mine, like the eyes. Um, but, yeah, his, his mustache looks like a boomerang. And he has the lines, these pot stickers aren't made with real crab, are they? So that, that was pretty funny <laughs> as well. I would also like to point out one thing in the credits. Uh, I studied these pilots very hard. There was somebody named the Pun Dog, and that was a guy named Adam Pava, P-A-V-A. And I, I looked him up. He would eventually be a credited screenwriter on The Box Trolls. I don't know if he was a main writer or anything, but he's got a screenwriting credit on that movie. And he also was a writer on a show called My Gym Partner's a Monkey. 
which is described <laughs> as such. A clerical error sends 12-year-old Adam Lyon to a middle school for zoo animals, but his best friend, Jake the monkey, is standing by him every step of the way to help him adjust. So there you go. Music by Dashboard, Balloon Records, Bumblefoot, The Get Up Kids, The Mink, Lungs, and Ritalin. Those are the bands that I were able to count. Ritalin, shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let me see. I, I, I had some more, like, big question stuff, but uh, I think we hit basically everything. Oh, Brock, I had one more for you. Um, in terms of what has been carried over from this show into their future work, into Lord and Miller's future work, do you see anything in particular in uh, the Jump Street franchise, Lego movie, that you feel like is straight out of the Clone High playbook? I, I know they, they've literally taken jokes from Clone High that they wrote for it and transferred them over to, like, 21 Jump Street, but anything there, that you see in particular? There's a lot in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, including okay. a lot of background stuff that's, that some of this, including that, that some of those characters are voiced by the same people from Clone Eye. So yeah, if you watch yeah, yeah. if you watch it back to back, you'll be like, oh, it's that guy doing that same character again. Uh, but all, all small town Bumble dudes are, are kind of the same, which is great. Uh, mm-hmm. y- yeah, it, 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 it's been so great because this gave that, that sort of like foundation to watch like. People were like, well, why would anybody want a 21 Jump Street fan reboot? It's like, this isn't like a McHale's Navy or an Adams Family or something, guys. Like, these, <laughs> they're going to do something really special and different with it. And they did. Uh, and I think people are still unsure how that happened or how Lego Movie happened, which I saw Lego Movie in a theater. And about the time that uh, you realized it was about like a, a crappy dad. A dude in my theater picked up his two sons and made them walk out. <laughs> wow. Which I was just like, oh no. Like years later, they're going to realize that he was, the spoiler warning was it was him. It was him all along. Your yeah. dad was bad. Your yeah, dad they, inspired the Lego movie. It's probably one of the most <laughs> hardcore real world twists. That in shit an was very real. Ever. That was really real. Yeah, it was super real. Um, we never did plot, Grimes. Do you feel like the plot is important to lay out, or do you think we're long past that point now? <laughs> I think we're not only are we kind of past it, but like the the plot is just the high school kegger gone awry. We've all been yeah. there, okay. and that uh, makes sense. you know. We just kind of, we all made it through. Mine were, unfortunately, I never was tricked into drinking N.A. beer. I was always like, you know, the other way. You're ready. (laughs) You're ready. Uh, Let's do our pilot study MVPs. So, Brock, we are trying to make a habit of picking out our favorite character or voice actor or performance um, in each of these pilots. So, I would say my MVP, I think I'm going to go with Chris Miller simply for the just spot on JFK impersonation and oh, just making yeah, this, him this has changed how everyone impersonates JFK forever. <laughs> it really did. Like it's so it's like almost overly sp- it's obviously a parody and we get this, but it's also super close like JFK was kind of a parody of, you know, Boston people. So he nails the voice and <clears throat> obviously he doesn't do the the body movements and everything, but that character in general is not only the perfect jock, but you can st- already see the seeds of like um, immaturity and just self-loathing and all those little things that kind of define what makes a, a high school bully a good one on TV, you know, and not just like a stereotype. So you can already see those little things kind of percolating. <laughs> and I, I, I love JFK in this show. Brock, who's your, I, who's your uh, MVP? forgot to wash my hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that whole thing, that whole scene's great. Uh, Brock, who's your MVP? It's JFK. <laughs> JFK. Nice. All right, there we go. Um, Grimes, MVP. Joan of Arc. 
John nice. R. That's a good choice. Yeah. You really are an emo boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. I really am. I just thought that was such a good, like, positive feminine role model. And I do love a good JFK impression. I even think this tops The Simpsons, and that's how I knew this was a superior show. Like, um, You get a JFK impression like that. Quimby is cool and everything, but this this nailed it. Um, and uh, of course, Joan of Arc played by Nicole Sullivan of many years of Mad TV. Many, many years. And Scrubs. Uh, last game today. So we used to have this very convoluted and crazy IMDb game that had points and a scoreboard, but it just was too difficult for people, I think. And it was like super hardcore. And so we're going to try to tone it down and simplify it. And we've renamed it From Top to Bottom. All right. And this is the game, Brock. So. You are going to attempt to um, list out the top five that are listed on IMDb. Now, the same thing with the past IMDb game. We know that the system on there is very flawed, and it really makes no sense. Um, Sometimes who is listed top, who is listed second. Most of the time it goes by episode numbers, but that doesn't really help you because everybody is 13 episodes. So let's see how many you can get out of the top five. Go ahead. So who is the Forte. number one listed IMDb individual? Forte. Forte is number one, yes. That's ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, ding. We'll, we'll add a nice ding sound in there. Who's second? Not just me yelling. Uh, <laughs> McDonald. McDonald is third, all right? So we that's still a... got we still got the second hanging out there. So uh, what about, so, we hit, we, so you hit the third. What about number four? Uh, Faison? Faison is not. He is down at the bottom because... Apparently, he is only in 12 episodes. He is only in 12 yeah, he's episodes. He's number nine. So he automatically gets pushed down here. Um, uh, so it's one of the females that is number four. Uh, Miller? Uh, it is Krista Miller as Cleopatra. And then same last name for number five. Miller as well. <laughs> so Chris, Christopher Miller as JFK. And number two is actually Phil Lord. Phil Lord oh. gets that number two listing as the principal. Again, very strange, but that's we, we mostly play it so we can criticize IMDb. I, how about uh, Principal Scudworth's first name being Cinnamon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, let's do some reviews before we wrap up. So AV Club, uh, at the AV Club's Caroline Framke, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, she wrote that the most startling thing about Clone High, though, is that underneath the cutting wit and pithy asides, there's actually just a good show about high school. Sure, these students are actually clones living in the shadows of their legendary genetic predecessors, but it's not much different than every teenage high schooler that lives in the shadows of their parents or their older siblings or whoever it is that's making them feel uncomfortable in their own skins that week. So just a great, great summary of why this show works from Caroline. Yeah. And uh, like I said, the show is available on MTV, MTV with a subscription. You can watch the pilot on YouTube if you want to keep up with us. Let's do some plugs. Brock hit us. Uh, I've got a book coming out on Boss Fight Books. Uh, it's a series uh, that does uh, each book is about a different video game written by a different author. I got to write with my hero, Nathan Rabin of the uh, Onion AV Club, and we wrote about Postal. Uh, I wrote. He wrote about the uh, UV Bowl film, and I wrote about the awful video game series. Uh, so uh, look for that one uh, early next year. Okay, sounds good. So it's kind of like the thirty-three and a third of video games. It's it's the thirty-three and a third, but like uh, they're they're about fifteen or sixteen in, and almost everyone has written about like their favorite video game of all time that helped them find their lost father. Uh, and mine is just <laughs> like constantly like 
fuck this. I don't understand why. <laughs> like, I took it so I could work with Nathan on this. I, I had a game I really wanted to do. And then he was like, I want to write about this movie, but I don't play games. And I was like, I'll finally, I guess, play the Postal Games. Uh, and it's just about executing people. Uh, and it's ninety mid-90s edgelord bullshit. Uh, and I, I actually delayed for so long that we actually delayed through the election. And now post-election... Uh, a video game about a white dude angry that he thinks the world is against him for some reason, but he really just has brain problems. There's a lot of things to write about that in Trump's America. So that book came together real fast. Some, yes, yeah, somewhat relatable to current Something events. in there <laughs> relates to our current political system, yeah. uh, just a little bit. So uh, what about the Twitter? And of course, you got you have a podcast as well. Uh, Twitter at Brock Wilbur, uh, Facebook at Brock Wilbur, BrockWilbur.com. Uh, I also have a podcast with my friend Terrence uh, called The Coolest Kids, uh, where we uh, uh, taken, uh, not because we're cool, taken from a brand new song. Uh, and we uh, look at uh, emo and post punk basically from like 1999 on. Uh, wow. So uh, give that a subscription. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, John, hit us. Just want to say thank you, Brock, for hanging out, and also Chris for picking the show. And uh, yeah, this is like part of the Grimes transition from Limp Biscuit and Sports to Dashboard and Scrubs. Like this is what made me me. I'm very happy about this. So now I, you should start. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Durst cast. But uh, this takes me back. I'm definitely going to watch every one of these. I usually don't stick with the pilots, especially ones that Chris picks. But um, I loved fucker. it. Social media, Grimes John. Um, I didn't even pick this want- one. Brock picked it, goddammit. So I didn't even score a win. Uh, but I, I give you, you know. You know, I've tried. Okay, so Brock, I've tried. You know, I tried to push him to the leftovers. Um, what are some of the other shows that I've tried to push you to through this Hall process? Call and Catch Fire. Call and Catch Fire. He won't <laughs> do Russians. anything. He won't do any of it. He just. I will eventually, dude. I have to watch Scrubs three or four more times completely the I way know. through. I get it. I get it. Did you call the Americans the Russians? <laughs> no. Oh, uh, shit. Did I? <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. Okay. Um, well, whatever. Same shit now, right? Spoiler. Um, you really Spoiler don't alert. like anything that isn't Scrubs. I'm so glad I picked Scrubs, the animated show. but um yeah so anyway grimes john on social and thank you guys both for hanging out this was awesome all right let's wrap it up thank you to both of you guys um you can find us at pilot study pod on twitter we're um trying to convince john to watch different shows and just like subliminally like i send it to everybody but mostly it's just like direct messages that are tweets and uh pilot study pod at gmail.com if you uh if you uh, have a suggestion or just want to send us some feedback or a question or anything like that, we'd much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Bye. And that's the premise behind pilot study. Oh. <laughs>